0: Shares, thrills, and chills with a Christmas flair. That's right. We're getting our holly jollies off and putting a lump of coal in your stocking with our Christmas Horror Podcast Show. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Krueger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world. We're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently You. Hey, girl. Crossdresser for Christ here. I know
2: you love this time of year as much as I do. So let's be multicultural together and learn everything from Wikipedia about the holiday season. Come Christmas, Quantica,
0: Oh, hey there, listener. Welcome to episode 165 of the Magnificent Huge Podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, we're doing another Christmas show because it's the holidays, but it's also 2020, which means that everything is horrible. So, that said, we're going to dive into all of the murdery, psychopathic, crampusy, killery Christmas movies. Uh, and no, we're not talking about Christmas Story or White Christmas or any of that direct. That's already pretty horrific on its own. Think about whatever your really horrific Christmas nightmare is. and uh, There's probably a movie about it. That's what we're going to talk about. Because uh, again, it's cathartic for us this year, 2020, pandemic, etc. And we just thought, you know, screw it. Let's just talk about all the awful Christmas stuff. And uh, some of them are actually pretty good. Gotta tell you. So stick around and hear our picks and pans. And other assorted sundry Plus the fresh is Because uh, we are always watching new stuff And we want to talk about that as well So if you like this show, thank you uh, Also happy holidays, merry new year, whatever uh, Send us an email, magnificenthuge gmail.com You can also head over to our website, maghuge.com We got links and stuff You can find the shows on uh, any sort of podcast purveyor of your choice Like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean Uh, wherever you find them uh, we're there and you know also head over to our Twitter feed Facebook Magnificent Siege Podcast or even on Instagram Magnificent Siege Podcast Uh, go ahead and Follow along, like our pages, Uh, like our posts, share them around with your friends and family, head on over to iTunes, whatever, give us five stars, ratings galore, la la la, Merry Christmas, ho ho ho, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, Kwanzaa, Festivus. Uh, I think I covered everything here. Yeah, again, it's a horrible year, 2020, can't be over fast enough, and uh, in that sense, we're going to talk about other movies that are horrible as well about Christmas. So, enjoy, thanks.
3: Hey, welcome back to the Magnificent Huge of the Magic Huge of Magnificent Hugh. Of Have a holly, jolly Christmas. It the it's the stuff to Christmas of the sea, every year. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas, uh... Christmas. Christmas yeah. Jolly Christmas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Christmas episode. Welcome to the, of the
1: Magnificently Huge podcast, yes. everybody. Hello, My
0: welcome. Name My name's I... Eric. I'm Chris. And uh, this is it's our Christmas again. our special holiday episode, but we're not really doing much for the holidays because it's the pandemic 2020, so F yeah. it.
3: But probably <laughs> one of the best years on record. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of the years on record, for sure. I mean, I mean, for me at least, because yeah. like, let's see, I got to go on a cruise. When I got back from the cruise, I didn't have to go back to an office, and we got rid of Donald Trump. I mean, that's a three for...
1: Well Wow, Eric Reed telling us all that 2020 was the best year ever.: <laughs> silver
3: lining.
0: that's that's. Yeah. Ah. yeah. you can stick that silver lining right up your butthole. That's what I say. <laughs> 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 this year was awful. Uh, so yeah, that's why it's I, Christmas.: Yeah, that's why that'd be fun to do the uh, the alternative Christmas. There seems to be a lot of podcasts actually out right now dealing with this very subject of the Christmas horror. And God I think damn that's it! Just, really? Well, yeah, but you know, we did it. Fucking uh, fourth or fifth, uh, <laughs> whatever. But it's fitting because this year has just been a house of horrors, and I'm certainly not ready for Christmas. I can't believe oh. it's just you know right around the corner. You and think 2020
3: uh, was a bad year?
0: That's different. well, I, think okay. <laughs> all right. I, I considered. Yes, the pluses are you get to work at home. You don't have to go anywhere etc. Mm-hmm. But the mounting close to four hundred thousand people dead, that's sort of a
3: bummer. Yeah. You know? If if you are indeed one of the people who died, certainly. Though you probably aren't aware of it. <laughs> so yeah. So have a nihilistic Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh We are nihilists. Okay. Uh, Before we get into all that, um, anybody got any Christmassy fresh shit this week? This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. It is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. I do, actually. Yay. So do I. Like, everything I've got this show is Christmassy. So, yeah, go. Eric, what do you got? Uh,
3: You. you, Are you aware of uh, Peter Savinowitz? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know him? he, I wow.
1: know I've seen the name he, on uh, things, but I don't. I, gonna, I can't tell you anything he's he done. He played
3: the
0: Tick in the most recent incarnation on Amazon. Okay. Yeah.
3: And he was okay. the uh, uh, devastatingly attractive roommate in Shaun of the Dead. He's the the huge guy. He's the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy. They look like a bunch of a-holes. That guy. Yeah. He's, um, he's very funny. Yeah. He had, ha- had a BBC show that I've been watching on... Um, youtube and he does a lot of impressions and some of them are just hilarious but one of them uh is 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 a a spoof of the paul mccartney christmas song that i saw before (laughs) i knew there was a paul mccartney christmas song so all it to me all the first time i saw it all it looked like was paul mccartney trying to be 80s and doing one of the best worst christmas songs of yes, all time it's <laughs> fucking hilarious if you oh haven't god
1: Fred. i but think <laughs> i think we actually had this on the show a couple years back we have, so yeah we may have
2: yeah
3: you're a lady i'm a man now here's what i propose
2: let's all have a sexual christmas night let's all have a
3: and But then, this time, I also discovered his... it From the same concept of Ringo remembering the Beatles of when he did the theme song to Goldfinger. And it is just a screech. Some
1: folks like a bronze, others like em silver, but this man loves his gold. It is his favorite finger. Goldfinger.
2: Because
3: it is so, it is so Ringo. It is such a Ringo song. It's not just a good impression. It's, yeah, you know, it's bivety-boo. It's a bit his, of the Biffy. His musical stylings, you know, the the way he does goddamn nursery rhyme songs. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, and, Have you ever and, seen and, uh, yeah, Look Around You? The another show that he did for the
0: BBC, which is like a a faux seventies science program. Ooh, and it's just, no. they do, like, the most, redu- like, this is science, but it's all utterly absurd Dada-esque stuff. <laughs> uh, but they do it like a straightforward 70s science program. It is so funny, because it's just deadpan straight the whole way through.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's called Look I'll, Around You. Yeah. I will I will check it out, because I am yeah. becoming a big fan of his. Um, and, and also, not so Christmassy, but um, The Expanse is back on Amazon. If you're a fan of The Expanse, uh, that's great news because the show is freaking awesome. It's just just lovely. Uh, and also, we got my wife got a free month or so to AMC, and so I'm watching the most recent season of The Walking Dead just because. Oh, and I'm sorry. It is, it is exactly what you would think it is you know oh zombie oh oh person a,
1: it's a, it's a show you can't kill yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. it's and like uh, this show where they said zombies along. aren't
3: scary enough so uh weird people look yeah. weird people it's like okay. yeah it's now you know <laughs> it'd be great if Are there, there right? was like like a Are- new tribe of like asshole survivors who all wore red baseball caps or like you know keep america <laughs> dead again or whatever Are-
0: Are there any original
3: cast members still kicking around? Uh, There's so many goddamn people on this show. Who can tell? Okay. I, I, yeah. Like Daryl? Is Daryl still around? Daryl. No. Okay. No, he died like second season. Wait, Daryl. Oh, Daryl. Daryl's the only one. Yeah. Daryl and Carol. Daryl and Carol.
1: Love it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they get like Zombies spin-off.
3: through the wasteland.
1: Uh, These are the Walking
2: Dead. <laughs> well but played! First, sir. A word from ourselves. Well sponsor. played. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Nicely done. <laughs> okay. Which yeah, is funny because The Walking Dead is just nothing but a giant soap opera with zombies. That's literally yeah. all it is. I got so yeah. fed up with it after the third season that I just haven't gone back.
3: Yeah, I Ugh. realized that it wasn't actually going anywhere. That, Like a lot of people criticize Lost because in the end, none of it meant anything, but at least Lost every week gave you the idea that this was progressing yeah. walking dead is like there's absolutely no progression here folks it's <laughs> yeah. just it's shit and it keeps being shit in fact at one point they do like a flash forward 10 years so that the 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 the, the rick grimes baby can be a 10 year old and i was like <laughs> so <laughs> that's 10 years of absolutely nothing of consequence happening yeah. and now we're back to absolutely nothing of consequence happ- fuck this show
0: yeah Lost was, like, all carrot, no stick. Walking Dead is all stick, no carrot. That's but it was a really good carrot. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with Lost. It was a fucking awesome carrot. Yeah. It was like a Gilligan's Island-sized
3: carrot. Yeah. yeah, I never got to eat the carrot, but I spent a lot of time going, look at that goddamn carrot.
1: I come at this <laughs> the carrot. Way, the way you describe Lost, Eric, reminds me of one of the 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 last episode of the kids in the hall. They did, like, sketches we didn't get to do. Mm-hmm. and it, And there was one where it was, you know, Kevin, uh, what's his name? And and Dave Foley, um, Kevin McDonald, and Dave Foley, and Kevin's eating soup, and he's like, "This is really good soup. What's in it?" And Dave Foley's just like, "You like it? Have some more. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. What's in it? Have some more." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: That's literally The Walking Dead in a nutshell. Yeah, right there. Yeah, good one. I think so. But that's, anyway, that's uh. Oh, oh, I, 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 I for some reason, uh. uh I guess I was feeling masochistic. Last night, I finally finished watching, because I walked out of the theater when I went to see it, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> it is every bit as bad as you think it would be. It's like, yeah. these are, and I realized what the problem is. It's like, it's none of the, re, you know, the things that are happening, the, the sort of epic, ooh, wow, look at shit blow up stuff it, is, is it fine. That they
1: happen off camera?
3: No, this time they show complete. it. This no, time they, don't. they show it. They
1: keep cutting down to the people on the ground that I don't care about. Well, <laughs> I mean when, in the first one
3: in the first one it was worse. In this one, sure. at least I'm seeing stuff. What this this movie desperately needs are more establishing shots because everything is so chaotic you can't fucking understand anything that's going on. <laughs> yeah. But no, I realized what I hate about this is there's about fifteen running characters and not one of them is fully developed. And so or interesting. And yet, I have to keep zooming in on them because they're pulling me away from monsters yeah. to find out why. Right. Yeah. Which he is like, care. Monsters like make characters the mo- I got actually Rodan, King give Ghidorah a shit about. Godzilla. In the beginning, we've got a mom and a dad and a baby going, Where's our son? And yeah. that is the extent of their character development. Yeah. And this they're is- the main characters. Well, this is the deal. If you're Roland Emmerich's Godzilla and the Matthew
0: Broderick character and his coterie, uh, are more interesting than what you have rolling in
3: the one called King of the Monsters. You got mm-hmm. problems, cause holy yeah. shit! And the, we got the problem mm. with there. That was he didn't understand. Wasn't character. It was tone. He yeah. thought he was making a comedy, you know. And and it's like you're not, dude. There's not one yeah. serious character in this uh, Godzilla. I, I really did expect Matthew Broderick at one point to go. Oh my God, look at that! It's a Godzilla. They won't <laughs> believe this. Back in Brooklyn Heights, <laughs> yeah, it's Katsuki whatever yeah. we did with her. Okay, oh, that's oh, all I Jesus. got.
1: Nice. Who's next? Oh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, I could go. I've got I got Christmas all over the place. This all weekend.
0: right, Brian's got all Christmas right. all over his face. So <laughs> I'm he realizing you like it.
1: That somehow there was like the first decade of the 2000s, apparently I didn't see many movies. Uh, I'm going to blame my the existence of my children for this. Okay.
3: Um, finally, but... somebody is acknowledging that their children are to blame. <laughs> finally. <laughs> plus,
0: plus, I'm glad Brian is finally recognized, because every time we bring up a movie, Brian's like, I don't know, I haven't seen it. We're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then it's like five minutes of us
1: berating him, so you <laughs> <laughs> It's called
3: Raiders of the Lost Ark. You've never ever... <laughs>
1: So I'm filling in another gap in my in my early 2000s filmography with a Christmas theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for nice. the first time. Yeah. I like that movie. That's, that's when Shane Black
0: talk. is when Shane Black does it right, he's awesome. It's just all the stuff that he doesn't get right that
3: irritates me. (laughs) (laughs) I I still remember. If you look up the word stupid in the dictionary, you know what you see? A picture of me? No, the word stupid, because that's what you are. Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. are, are... This is Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback from rehab film. Val Kilmer gets all the best lines, like the one Eric just handed out. Um Robert Downey Jr is a petty thief who is is running away from the cops and and uh in the process breaks into an audition for um for a part that has way too much relevance to the situation he's just run away from and in his panic lands the role and ends up in Hollywood which is <laughs> you know sure why not yeah um and then all sorts of shenanigans ensue and there's a mystery to be solved and dead bodies are showing up everywhere and Michelle Monaghan is the girl and it's it's fun yeah. you know it's a lot of people think of it as a christmas movie because it's set at christmas time it's well it's, that's the Shane black thing it's like yeah, oh, if it's I put it black a christmas black movie, movie yeah. but, <laughs> whatever i just, i, I have you it seen? is really homophobic, though. That did not age well. Well, you know. <laughs> it's a tough guy <laughs> movie. Have you seen the, mean, the, least ni- the Nice Guys? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen The it's, Nice Guys. It's,
0: so, it's a
3: similar sort of tone, and same thing, Shane mm-hmm. Black. So, yeah. Okay. I remember thinking uh, that that film was, in some way, forward-thinking, because the main character was gay. And now I'm like, yeah, you're right. That didn't yeah. age well.
1: <laughs> Val Kilmer's character is gay. But it, in a obviously not written by a gay man kind of way, right? Right. It's like and, if you and, said,
3: you know and, what, this it, film is the first film to have a main character who's black. It's really progressive, but it turns out it's actually like Flip Wilson in a dress. Yeah. It's like it, right. it's not. Yeah. It's not well, as good as you think.
1: Well, and there's and there's like Robert Denny Jr. Having to be like all like gay panic, no homo. Yeah. 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 No, well, and it, it, well. Plus,
0: they tell it. I think, but I think that might be what. Shane Black isn't going for it because he literally named the Val Kilmer character Gay Perry. Uh, and it's just yeah. like in your face from the get go. And I think they're just sort of uh, playing with how ridiculous all of it is. Like, why be gay panic? And then here's Val Kilmer going, yeah, whatever, I'm gay, just fuck off. You know? Yeah. It's like,
3: that's like literally the whole yeah. thing going on there. That's kind of what I remember too is that it's, you know, he, it's not that Val Kilmer is in some way playing a stereotype, it's that everyone else is shiver me timbers about being around a gay guy yeah right
1: but he's the toughest guy on screen yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe it was a step toward wokeness at the time i don't know maybe i don't know and anyway, you gotta give shane
3: black he did make it funny yeah
1: it was it was fun <laughs> it's you know three stars it's not it's not the greatest movie ever made but you could you could certainly spend your time worse ways yeah
0: well that was part of uh downey's comeback tour before he got iron man yeah
1: so, yeah, that was, it, it's had, that that's was like that, the moment.
0: That sliver of time when nobody wanted to hire him. So, it was always like taking a chance to put him in your movie, that kind of thing.
2: So, yeah.
3: I wonder so- how many PR people in Hollywood have a poster of him on the wall and they say to their clients, No, I'm serious. You can come back from this. He came back from that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like there's so many. Just just actors who've completely fucked up that it's I, I always think ah no they're not coming back. Yeah. I love but, that Brittany shaved her head because now she's done. It's like yeah. no, no. Here's the thing you gotta be the PR guy in the room going, Do you want your do a little chance?
0: Stick with me. <laughs> I will give you your do a little chance.
3: Yes
1: just do what I
3: tell you Sherlock just do what I tell you you're just gonna sell crack pipes with Robert Downey Jr's face on them like hey this could be you someday doing the eye roll Downey Jr from Avengers
1: (laughs) All right. Um, so the other night I'm like okay I need some brain garbage I'm getting tired of working I want to get on holiday I want to watch something you know something Christmas related but man I don't want to watch any treacly crap and I'm flipping around on my apps and bless Hulu because apparently on the day it came out I happened to stumble across Jinx and Della's holiday special
2: Everyone is traumatized
0: by Christmas and generously spreads their shit
2: around the Jesus songs, mangers on lawns, this bullshit
1: is incessant. The Christians have the world on lock, and now they want a present. Now, is Jinx is Jinx Monsoon, who was a contestant no on RuPaul's Drag Race. This is two drag queens, no queens made a holiday special, <laughs> and <Okay>. it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, definitely (laughs) recommended, uh, for both of you for different reasons. Um, Chris, because it evokes the seventies variety show holiday specials, Eric, because at one point when they're actually doing the story of Christmas, they're you know they're taking the piss out of it pretty hard and and it's like god is saying to mary i'm gonna put a baby in you but you don't get to have sex and this leads to a version of baby it's cold outside where god is is trying to convince mary to to have his (laughs) fucking brilliant it's it's fucked up and awesome and That's, it's ultimately uh, about how traditions make everyone miserable and they're forcing those traditions on everybody else who don't really want to participate in. And it's lovely.
0: That makes me want to go back and watch the Stephen Colbert holiday special that he did like 12 years ago. And he basically mm-hmm. just brought in all these different guest cameos uh, to sing songs that may have had something to do with Christmas or maybe not. <laughs> I,
1: I have a, a song from that album, uh, Please Be Patient by Feist. Yeah. Uh, on my On my... Uh, annual Christmas playlist, yeah. which is loads of fun.
2: Please continue thee to hold all thy hills. Tra- authorized will be shortly.
0: my favorite is uh john legend singing nutmeg that one just makes me laugh every time i hear it because it's just so dirty but so sweet at the same time
1: i want to know your egg.
2: yes i do girl i'm going to rock you like a
1: cradle you live
2: and
1: then finally, I'll put this in the fresh shit, but I almost pulled a fast one on you guys. <laughs> so, um... Mm. We've been watching so much stuff that, you know, like I saw Freaky and we were watching The Boys. We've just been watching a lot of stuff where people getting killed and lots of blood lately. And so you guys are like, hey, Christmas horror. And I'm like, I'm not feeling it. And so I was going <laughs> to pretend that I misheard you. Mm-hmm. And I Googled Christmas horror movies. Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> and unfortunately, thing. yeah, you know, it it it's close. Uh unfortunately the first thing that comes up when you google Christmas horror movie <clears throat> The Christmas Horror Holidays on Ice Part 2 I could not find. What? <laughs> wow. um, what? Oh wow. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh but but what I did end up watching is that a porno? What what? I no, I don't I don't know. It's directed by Walter Perez. Oh my with god. Charlie oh, Diaz Perez. de Leon. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The Christmas yeah. Horror Holidays on Ice Part 2. Uh, did not watch that. Instead, uh, I, I was m- an article caught my eye. My favorite Christmas movie is about a prostitution ring, and so I watched for the first time "Night Shift" from nineteen eighty two. Oh, good for you, Ron Howard yeah. film. That's uh, starring uh, the Love Denter Brokers Wringler and uh, Michael Keaton Sh- and, Shelley and, and Shelley Long as a prostitute who works out of a morgue during Christmas. yeah So I was going to come to this show for the main topic, saying Christmas whores, <laughs> night shift. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah.
0: Uh, Michael Keaton in that one because he just he's that like the hyperactive dude that's got a myluminant brain. He's always putting ideas into the tape recorder, so he's always doing stuff like uh, tuna fish comes in a can, uh, pre mixed. You can't.
3: And like, like yeah, shit like that I, through the entire I thing. I remember laughing it, my balls off at him in the pimpmobile with the tinted windows and doing yeah, all the yeah. shit with the cops who can't see him. Yeah. That was uh, so, that was an HBO
0: late night staple back in like 83, 84. Uh, I mean, like, if it came on, it would be like at midnight, so you'd have to stay up late to watch it. But yeah, it was always
1: good. So, some fun bits about that the music is by Burt Bacharach. Mm hmm. And apparently the love theme from Night Shift is the original version of That's What Friends Are For, which was ultimately a big hit for Dion and Friends. Nice. But in this movie is sung over the credits by Rod Stewart. Keep smiling,
2: keep shining. I'll be That's what it,
1: The Burt Bacharach versions are better. Um, also, some trivia about Night Shift. Um, what, the, the Bluebird scout that beats up uh, Henry Winkler is Shannon Doherty. Oh, nice. And nice. One of the frat boys uh, who are partying with the hookers in the morgue is Kevin Costner. Huh.
0: Nice. <laughs> is that before or after he played the stiff in the big sleep or whatever? Well, the big it's chill?
1: i so you tell me. I think that would make him. I think it would answer. have been before. That's pre oh, big really? chill. Okay. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Night Shift. Yeah. It was it's, fun. It's fun. It's, it's, a it's little like weird.
0: It's one of like
1: the three good Ron Howard movies. So I will. I will watch it again. Henry Winkler has never been better than Night Shift. Like he hasn't looked better, he hasn't acted better. Like this is the best Henry Winkler anything yeah. I think.
0: Well, he gets to play that nebbish kind of guy, which is
3: and totally against type of the at the time. The first time we saw him being non fonz Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, good. Richie
1: times. Cunningham directs Fonzie. In Hookers in the Morgue. <laughs> um, that's actually the first time... I Richard Belzer as the heavy. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the first uh, times
0: I ever got heard the joke where they were doing... Like, Michael Keaton's on the chalkboard, uh, and he writes assume. Right. And he's like, just remember, whenever you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. I was 12. Yeah, it, k- it killed.
3: That, yeah.
1: That's not what's in this
3: movie. I have, in- I have oh, much more success these mind. days when I go, remember, when you assume uh shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah (laughs) it just works much better yeah i'm looking at uh the christmas horror holidays on ice part two and it's a very poorly produced youtube video oh okay so i don't suggest it but i saw another article that was the horror on christmas and i'm thinking that oh Oh,
0: ba doom boom yeah
3: (laughs) Nice. All right, so so
1: Chris, that I'm I'm done till we get to the topic. What you got? Uh,
0: my Christmas related thing is uh, all week I've been going back and rewatching all of the Christmas episodes of Bob's Burgers and enjoying them immensely.
1: I have uh, not watched any of Bob's Burgers. I hear oh, I should.
0: You Same here? You need to get on that tip, man. That is one of the funniest fucking shows ever. Cause it teeters the line between being intensely weird but also very sweet. Uh, it's just, it puts the Simpsons to shame as far as I'm concerned because the family dynamic is just, it's natural. It, it's not cartoony force. Uh, they're very eccentric characters, but they're very funny. But the Christmas episodes in, in general are, are quite funny. Uh, if you've never seen them, it's hard to explain, but the kids are all very uh, precocious, yet incredibly strange. Uh, but the, the best Christmas one is, it's a two-parter called the Bleakening, uh, where they're told about a like a Krampus-like Christmas creature called the Bleaken, uh, so the kids are terrified <laughs> that they haven't been good, and then the whole thing devolves into the Christmas tree's been stolen and they have to go find it, and they wind up in a warehouse district downtown, yada, yada, yada. It's just so goofy. Uh, but that's how I've been getting into my Christmas spirit this year, is watching uh, nice. those, and then uh, I know Eric doesn't have the Disney Plus, uh, and hasn't been watching Mandalorian. But I did watch the uh, season
1: finale last night. As well. Don't spoil! I'm gonna binge the last three episodes today. Okay,
0: you're gonna. So. I'm. I'm pretty sure you're gonna hate what they did. But I won't say anymore. <laughs> oh no! Well,
1: they've been. I mean, this. So I've seen up to the point where the. I've seen the episode called The Jedi. Yeah. Right. And and so it's pretty clear that Dave Filoni is just taking over all of the ancillary storytelling in Star Wars and he's tying everything in, in yeah. this show into his cartoon shows. They're
0: they're definitely I, uh, <laughs> yeah. retconning a lot of, like, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and all that the cartoon stuff. Uh, but also the books, like the Timothy Zahn stuff with Admiral Thrawn. There's right. a bunch of threads in there that they're throwing in. So they're definitely expanding the universe. And the fact that The Mandalorian is after... Return of the Jedi, but before Force Awakens, gives them a
3: huge sandbox to play in. That's uh, that's really interesting because like you figure, okay, there's like six films, bef- you know before this whole Disneyification, right? And they've suggested a larger world, but the cartoons really were making the larger world. So yeah, it's like right. they can either kick it to the curb, and start anew, or they can say, well, we've got a cannon. let's go with it. It kind of makes no. sense that they would keep it, especially since that's what most kids know are those well, cartoons.
0: The, the strength of Mandalorian is that they manage to take, it's like Rogue One, they, they take what we know about Star Wars, and they do it really well, and there's just enough of the stuff you know from the movies peppered in to kind mm. of give it the more contextual feel uh but for the most part it's it's its own thing but it right. fits right in uh so they do a lot of stuff uh with events that happen after return of the jedi but they don't shove it down your throat they just assume that everybody watching this already knows those movies it, it, uh,
1: it's a little too winky winky for my take in general both seasons so far of the mandalorian yeah. in that Every episode has has several things that are like, "Hey, did you see the thing? Did you yeah. did you notice the thing?" <laughs> Boba, and, Fett. It's Boba
3: Fett, she, Boba yeah. Fett, you know Boba Fett, right? Boba yeah. Fett? Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's so much more ob-
1: ob- obtuse than that, but yeah. but Well, I but won't- I want them to just start making new things that are just as awesome. Yeah. And and they're doing a little bit of that, but like the ratio of new things to did you see the things is not is not how i would like it
0: well i mean there's yeah. like 500 shows coming down the pike so yeah. they, they i know may or may it i know better.
3: very little about the second season but all i know is i am still disappointed they didn't give timothy oliphant a uh, curly cue mustache and the line <laughs> are you trying to fuck with me that would have <laughs> <Basically>. been great <laughs> yeah. when i say fuck yourself sheriff will you put that down to drunkenness or um high estimate of your athleticism
1: did you just tell me
2: fuck myself
1: I think I did
0: well all I will say him, without spoiling it for you because uh, I do want your unvarnished reaction once you finish the season yeah come uh, back at me next week but uh, it just I love how this season it especially plays like every episode is a level of the Mandalorian video game and he's got mm-hmm. the quest to complete to get the the guga prize whatever so that he can gear up for the next level. I mean that literally is what this one has been. And when you get to the crescendo at the at the finale, it's like, "Oh, that's when it all clicked into place." It's like, "Oh, I've literally just been watching somebody play a video game for eight shows." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's that's kind of thing. So it's I fun.
1: mean, you're not you're not wrong. It's it's a Saturday morning kids show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um but it's the second season so far is better than the first season. The production v- values are through the roof. Like, yeah. they... And that's what the most Star Warsy thing about it is to me, is that they've cracked how to do this good of a production on television. Um, it, and I guess they have to produce a zillion shows because they're probably making all the same props and makeup effects for, for the whole kit and caboodle at once, you know? Yeah. I
3: heard so. they were considering replacing Pedro Pascal. No, he's on for There's, season 3.
1: There was a rumor but he shot it down. Yeah. Um what I would what I would be more interested in seeing is if uh Kathleen Kennedy loses her job to Dave Filoni. Yeah. Uh because he's really
3: the keeper of the torch for Star Wars at this well, point. Well, she the- she put all her eggs in uh one sort of uh um awful basket. Hyper feminism basket. You know, it's like it, we're going to be the woke Star Wars, and uh, it didn't pay off.
0: Well, but Mandalorian plays that out extensively towards the end of this season. Again, not to ruin anything for Brian, but I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, girls kicking ass kind of thing, and it's fun to mm-hmm. watch. Uh, like, I will just say this that the final episode was very satisfying. Uh and I am normally just watching these things going, whatever. Oh, I yeah, wish
3: that the, I mean, I wish that there were more uh I guess hero main characters who were, you know, women or, you know, multicultural, all that, but shoehorning it in makes it not fun. That's yeah. the problem with I think a lot of what they did with what's her name? Um with Ray? Um Ray. Or, no, yeah, okay, is I'll, that she was totally such a Mary opinion. Sue.
1: No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that bait. I'm gonna say this: the problem with the most recent prequel tril or the most recent film trilogy, well, other than the last one, which was just shit, a hundred percent, but is that it focuses on Luke Han, and Leia, and. Star Wars generally fails when they try to screw with people's favorite characters, Luke, Han, Leia, and Darth Vader. You do that, and the fans hate your ass. You uh-huh. don't do that, and you make Rogue One, and everyone's cool. You make The Mandalorian, and everyone's cool. You touch Luke, Han, Leia, and Darth Vader, you're an idiot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, the problem with uh, that is the genius of soul oh wait you're right okay yeah yes yes yeah. 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 no anyway. i she's still a she's still a mary sue i'm sorry she does absolutely nothing wrong and everything right and uh you know the her only her only real conflicts are people not understanding how awesome she is that's like the definition of a mary sue
1: yeah well she was almost awesome when it was you're just a piece of shit who happens to have the force, but then they had to go redcon that away cuz the yeah. fanboys went boo
3: hoo. Go look up uh, the JJ Abrams original concept for Star Wars 8 and it's it's not necessarily better but it certainly makes more sense. It's like they had a direction just Ruin Johnson kind of, you know, fucked it all up. Yeah.
1: yeah couldn't disagree with you more ryan johnson wrote the best star wars and i think you know that i loved
3: well that's the. i mean in on in all honesty i loved star wars 8 because it fucked with the expectations but right it the 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 problem is he wasn't hired to make one great film he was hired to make an installment in his series and as a result he fucked the whole thing up
1: fair enough yeah. Anyway, okay. so *The Mandalorian*. The *Mandalorian* <laughs> yeah. is an attempt to to make people stop having that conversation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good so far it's
0: working? Yeah. No, no. Good luck. Just like I say, let me know what you think when you watch the
1: whole thing. Oh no. Uh, Ryerson out. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You're gonna like bring back Count Dooku or some shit? Yeah. Oh, oh God. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying a thing. Just watch it and
0: let
3: me know.
1: Oh God. I can uh, see it coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's true. Christopher
3: Lee is a vampire. He'll never die. They probably could cast him. Yeah. Hello, I'm here to jump around again. <laughs> 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 all right. Oh, good Lord. Is that it? For the first That's show? all I got. <laughs> yeah. I don't okay. want to go any further.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. It's a, a very special Christmas horror podcast show. Uh, Because every every year we do a Christmas-themed show, it seems, Uh, but this year it's just sort of meh. And then Eric had floated (laughs) some random idea during one of our chats about Christmas horror movies, and I kind of like that because I'm not a big horror fan as it is, and so I don't know a lot of these movies, so it gave me an opportunity to explore, and so that's what I did. So The challenge was to bring at least one Christmas horror movie to the table and then we can discuss, uh, much like many of our shows that aren't Christmas horror. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs>
1: or the horror that is the Paul and yeah. Halloween special. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, right. do, so uh,
0: I'm interested to hear what Brian watched for this because he's been very quiet
3: all week. And uh, that's right he was gonna give us, uh, uh, he was gonna slip us a Mickey. He was gonna be I a little was, Dipsy. Dude. You know, watch Some like Christmas I horror. Was, movie. I brought
1: night shift. What's what's your problem? <laughs> um, Christmas horror. <laughs> all right, so no, What you're, I ended You're up... awesome. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome. That is funny. I give the wife fuck. credit for that. That's all the wife. I, <laughs> nice. I'm nice. Just, <laughs> I'm just a messenger. Okay. Um. All right. I ended up watching Krampus. The uh, 2015 I, one. 2015 okay. movie, yes, starring Tony Collette and uh, Adam what's Scott. his name? Adam Scott from Party Down uh, and, and some kids. And, and
3: Star Trek First Contact. Okay. I had to bring it back to Star Trek for a moment. Jesus. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, that was <laughs> a poll. Star pull. Trek First Contact, I, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay,
1: whatever. Um, <laughs> was he like a caterer on the Enterprise? Anyway. Report! Main power's offline. We've lost shields. Our weapons are gone. Perhaps today is a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's so funny. Krampus is a, um. it's kind of a grim fairy tale of a movie. It's really clever, actually, in that, have you guys seen it?
0: I saw it last year for the first time. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, seen it I just... Yeah, it's like a like a weird black comedy sort of
1: vibe. It it takes all of the imagery of a Christmas movie and tries to use it to make a monster movie, and it, I think it works. So like you know the Advent calendar is sort of the ticking clock of death, right? And yeah. um, the snowmen outside are kind of grotesque and creepy looking and. And the snowy white Christmas is a little too harsh. You know, the the, the yeah. blizzard that comes in is is nasty. So your setup is you've got your suburban liberal family um, who have their um, rural right-wing, you know, gun-nut-hummer-driving uh, relatives show up for Christmas dragging the ant that neither of them likes here. And so the family's... You know, you got your Christmas family dynamics, um, and there's one kid left who's just a little too old for this, but he still believes in Santa Claus, and uh, he gets his letter to Santa gets uh, in, intercepted by the the daughters of you know the the red state family. Who mock him at the dinner table, and he gets upset, and he gives up on it, and he wishes everybody would just go away, and he throws, rips up his letter sand and throws it out. And at that point, we realize he was the last person in town who believed in Christmas and hope, and therefore <laughs> creates room for the Krampus to come in and yeah. fuck shit up. Uh, <laughs> dun dun dun! <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's basically just it reverts into some
0: sort of weird, uh, like Black Mirror, Twilight, Zone-y sort. Of deal, because yeah. they can't they can't get out of the town because of the blizzard right. and then the big all the giveaway. powers out yeah all and the radios out the big giveaway at the end is like the the house is in the actual snow globe uh, yeah. that, that Krampus collects it's like it's really fucked up
3: <laughs> yeah
1: and and basically yeah basically it's got the the structure of a Twilight Zone movie but the f- but the energy of Gremlins it reminded me of Gremlins. Yeah. So there's a there's a point, you know, Krampus comes down the chimney. There's a there's a point where um they really start to reveal where they're going with this thing where a a hook on a chain, you know, basically literally a fishing hook is dropped down the chimney on which rests a gingerbread man. And one of the kids is enticed by the gingerbread man, bites part of its head off, at which point the gingerbread man screams and howls in pain, ties the kid up in the chains, and they start yanking him up the chimney. It's that kind of movie. It's so <laughs> yeah, toys it, and presents and all of the Christmas iconography want you dead. And yeah. that's Krampus, and it was fun. I liked it. <laughs> it's it's sort of had like it starts off sort of like the ref. It has that sort of
0: dysfunctional. It looked like that, yeah. Yeah, acidic family vibe thing. Yeah, and then it yeah, like you much. say, and then it just rolls off the cliff into like Gremlins territory almost immediately. Uh, but yeah, it's it's dark. It's it's goofy, and it's. it's, it's I'm glad you brought it up because that's sort of one of the subsets of these Christmas horror movies. I found is that you have to have some sort of like Krampus or monster movie. That's one of the subgenres, uh, and they're okay. like. There are, like, tons of these Krampus ones, but this one seems to be the one that gets all the press because it's actually kind of fun. Well, it was was...
1: slickly made. The effects were were above average. Um, You know, all the child actors uh, deliver the goods. They've got a fun cast of comedians. Tony Collette is in a lot of
3: horror movies these days. Yeah. I mean, she's found her groove.
1: So, yeah, Krampus... I, good times. I picked the movie I thought I would hate the least and I didn't hate it, so I'm
0: happy. <laughs> so you played it safe is what you're telling us. Yep, night is shift. Go you, watch, you, oh, I mean Gremlins. It's good times. Well, I'm glad you brought Gremlins as well because we don't have to talk about it, but that's definitely uh, yeah, one yeah. of those like Christmas horror movies. I mean, you just can't escape it because it's literally done in "Uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, in like the back lot there and like the way they do everything it's just this is a christmas movie but it's not uh and i gremlins is
1: a stone cold classic that's just all there is to it
0: but i had read uh something recently on it and they were talking to john landis about it i think it was and he actually had a very cool take on it that makes a lot of sense now that i look at it from this lens but he's like basically uh it's a an attack on consumerism at at the holidays and literally all the gremlins are us and that's when you look at it like that it's like oh i i totally fucking get it now why did that not make sense to me when i was younger Krampus,
1: krampus does that same theme like the the opening credits of krampus are um i think it's beginning to look a lot like christmas being sung by bing crosby and it's all just slow mo footage of a Black Friday mob beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, <laughs> yeah, the monsters are us. Like, yeah, Grampus is not subtle about this. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a lot of the fun
0: that I found looking at some of these Christmas horror movies. Is they all seem to be very focused on that sort of vibe. It's like, what's the true meaning of Christmas, and should I be kinder to everybody, and this and that and the other, but. There's definitely that underpinning of, uh, anti-consumerism rolling through a lot of these yeah. that I, that I noticed, which you yeah. can't avoid, but yeah, it, when they do it right, it's, it's pretty fun.
1: And I, I thought it was interesting that Krampus was, it seemed to be going for that, like the way out of this situation is to accept, you know, your family and, and come together and have a real Christmas, except that they were, it turns out screwed from the,
3: from the jump. So. <laughs> yeah. Which is <laughs> the probably truth, the best yeah. part about it. Yeah. The truth that is, the problem with the holidays is that you have to spend so much of that time with your family that you yeah. don't like. <sighs> so you need I to refer you that. again
1: to Jinx and Della's holiday special, now playing on Hulu <laughs> <laughs> for that.
2: Well,
0: I, you know, uh, looking back too, it's like, well, when was the first Christmas horror movie? But I mean, literally, you could go back to like uh, a Christmas carol. That's just a ghost story, basically. And. Then you get yeah, to the end, fair. where it's the Ghost of Christmas Future, where you find out how fucked you would be if you don't change your ways.
3: Uh, so, yeah, but, you know, look, I, I'm sorry, I just gotta say, the the, the 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 Ghost of Christmas Future basically says Ebenezer Scrooge is gonna die. Big surprise, yeah, we all right. die. Who gives a shit? <laughs> what, he's gonna live forever if he, if he says, yeah. boy, Christmas is awesome. Yeah, what but. What a pile of shit. But, point of procedural...
0: Uh, it basically is just uh, a, a device to show his own mortality. He's confronted with his own death, and that suddenly makes him go, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. I think they handle it better in the Bill Murray version of Scrooge because it's just, he's basically been put through the ringer for the whole thing, and they play that up to the hilt, sometimes too broadly. But by the time you get to the end with death, uh, he's just so off kilter and just beaten down that he's just like, fine, whatever, I'll be nice. I mean, that's literally the end of Scrooge for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The,
1: the, the Muppet Christmas Carol does it as, you know, the Ghost of Christmas Future showing him all the people who are like basically picking the bones of some, some dead guy everybody hated. Yeah. And he's like, well, who was the dead guy? It's you. Oh, mm. shit, everybody hates me is actually the, the way he takes. But yeah, if it's just you're going to die, I'm right there with you. It's like, no kidding. <laughs>
0: so, uh, so, I mean, yeah. So Christmas Horror has sort of been with us for uh, a couple of centuries at least. So it's not anything new. But what's interesting is when you get to, like, the 70s, Uh, leading into the slasher films and stuff, then it becomes this whole other deal. And I think it kind of crescendos in the late 80s, and then we don't really get a lot until this recent resurgence where suddenly everybody's discovered Krampus, and that's the new bogeyman. So when you say
1: Christmas horror, did one of you bring Silent Night, Deadly Night? Uh, That would be me. Okay, because that's the one that comes to mind. Yeah, that's that's sort of the apex of the 80s, Uh, and then we kind of hit that lull. So. All right. So I haven't seen it. Tell me about Silent Night, Deadly Night.
0: <laughs> I'm actually surprised that Eric didn't bring this one to the table because it's literally thought, all of ab- I thought it was about- too
3: obvious. Well, yeah, but that's like a like you want a subtle Christmas horror movie? Come on, man. I found it. I found it, goddammit. <laughs> but oh, uh, oh boy. <laughs> but Silent Night, Deadly Night is
0: just literally underpinned with nothing but like weird, extreme Catholic guilt. And I thought for sure Eric would be jumping on that, <laughs> like flies on shit,
3: because it's just, it, it's like a kid. I assumed, you, I assumed like one of you would, frankly, because it's like yeah. built in Christmas horror. Well, I will tell you that my, my
0: first pick, because this is like the new Christmas movie that we watch every year, is Rare Exports, which is sort of a Krampus movie, which is set in Finland. And that's like a, the a mining company in Lapland near the Russian border discovers- Uh, A buried demon, which turns out to be the original Santa Claus, who would steal children who weren't good and then kill them. (laughs) And then Santa Claus is actually his elves, which are all a bunch of creepy bearded old men. Uh, And then there's shenanigans and, and such from there. It's fun. It's cool. Watch it when you can. It's a very solid movie, Christmas or not. But I thought, eh, it's just, it's too fun. So I went for like the most, <laughs> the most like drecky just offensive. Uh, this is what Christmas movie is when you talk about Christmas horror, and that's Silent like, Night, Deadly Night, because it just doesn't doesn't give a shit about so is anything. Is it
1: just a, a killer in a Santa costume? What, it, what's yeah, that, it's, like, it, it's the Santa,
0: it's the Santa slasher motif. Uh, but it basically a kid uh, on Christmas Eve. They're coming back from his. Uh, seeing his grandfather, uh, there's a murderous robber on the road who basically dresses Santa, who kills his parents and traumatizes his like eight-year-old and then he ends up in an, a Catholic orphanage and every every year around Christmas he starts getting like really freaked out. and then there's like a whole thing where the Mother Superior beats him because he's troublesome because he's drawing like really gross drawings of beheadings and things with Santa Claus and that further traumatizes him and then when he's 18, he's no longer in the orphanage, and he gets a job in the stockroom at a toy store. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. This this kid is drawing stuff that's not Jesus. He's drawing Santa Claus, and he's <laughs> also drawing beheadings. How are we going to cure this? Violence. Yeah, yeah beat yeah. him with a belt. Well, welcome to the Catholic Church.
3: Jesus, yeah. that's that's what I remember. <laughs> You're being weird. Shut up. Yeah. So they don't
0: send the kid to a child psychologist or anything. They're like, oh, he'll be fine. Just a couple of whacks with the belt. I mean, they like chain him, tie him to the bed and further traumatize him i I fucking hate being alive and now you will too (laughs) (laughs) but it's like the first 30 minutes is this whole fucking backstory it's like just get on with it already and so he's working the stock room at a toy store it's the big christmas party on christmas eve as and they make him dress up like santa because the other santa got sick and that like flips a switch and he just goes nuts (laughs) and then the girl he has been uh like crushing on in the store, they're all drunk, and she gets attacked by the guy that runs the the back room, and so he just snaps and then suddenly uh kills the guy with the string of lights, and then the girl starts freaking out going, "You're a monster, you're thick," and so he basically cuts her up with a box knife uh the store manager owner, whatever, comes in, he gets whacked on the head with a fucking hammer, and he kills him. And then the other woman in the store gets shot with an arrow. So it's like 20 minutes. It's like boom, 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 four people dead. And every time he goes to kill somebody, he just does the same thing. Naughty!
3: And then he kills them.
0: It's so ridiculous. So that's like the mantra of the thing. He thinks he's Santa Claus now, so he's got to kill all the people that are naughty. So then he goes out into the world. He like kills a couple of guys that are sledding on a hill at like midnight for some reason. Uh, then he goes to a house where the girl is babysitting her little sister, but she's canoodling with her boyfriend downstairs. Uh, so she gets, while well, she's topless, mind you, this is Lania Quigley, who was a big spring queen from the eighties. She gets shoved into a, like antlers post, like on the wall of the den. The boyfriend comes down and sees this, and then he gets thrown out the window and basically gets glass all shoved in him and dies. Uh, and then i'm sorry Santa- quick
3: quick linia quick quigley fact because yeah. i know her as the uh the punk rock chick who gets like full nude in return of the living dead yeah but she she wound up doing an aerobics video nice. where the other people doing the aerobics for zombies yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's fitting. That's That's fucking crazy, and I love her for it. The jogging dead. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But uh,
0: that's literally her only part is just to be topless and then get shoved into some antlers. Uh, So it's, yeah. But again, if you can get
3: it.
2: Yeah, naughty.
0: And then he winds up going back to the orphanage to kill the Mother Superior. uh, And then more people die. And then he dies at the end. Apparently, it's like Like Mother
1: Superior dropped the gun. (laughs)
0: that's exactly what I was doing the whole time I was watching the end (laughs) yeah I'm not gonna lie uh but it's just yeah like the the whole thing is just there to be exploitative I mean there's no rhyme or reason to it except oh it's Christmas we need to kill a bunch of people
1: exactly the movie it it claims to be oh yeah yeah. (laughs) uh
0: but what makes it notorious is that when it was coming out the I think it was TriStar Pictures was putting it out and they actually did a commercial for it during a like an afternoon football game
1: oh no that's naughty
0: and it's like (laughs) like really just like full in your face like hardcore r-rated slasher flick and it's like everybody got pissed off and that generated more buzz for them and then it became like this thing that you couldn't shouldn't go see and then they had to pull it from theaters and then it became like a whole thing that's the only reason this movie exists today and has like four sequels uh but it's just (laughs) It's just dumb, but it's like the the pinnacle of the the Santa Claus slasher flicks. This is like where it just hit its apex. I can't think any other movie that would get any better than this. And then it's all downhill from there. So, Silent Night Deadly
1: all Night. Right. Okay. Eric, you say yeah. you've cracked the code. Well, we no, I wouldn't say
3: that, but I I did I did a bit more digging. I where where Silent Night Deadly Night is the pinnacle of the Santa slasher I think I found the progenitor of the Santa slasher, which is Christmas evil originally titled you better watch out. It's, it's not unlike silent night, deadly night, except it's a bit more character driven and a bit more subtle. It's just produced horribly. It's so (laughs) poorly done. And, and and the thing is, I know that like the, the actors were all into it. I mean, the, it's not like it has a stellar cast but it's got people you've heard of or seen before Jeffrey uh, Dumont who's the dad on Billions he's the guy with the Winnebago in in, in, in Walking Dead he's he's in a lot of stuff oh he's that's like, right okay he's like in everything uh, what's his name does uh, DeBont uh, Frank Darabont Frank Darabont he's in like yeah. every Frank Darabont film um there's there's like a lot of New York actors who know what they're doing. It's uh, it's written well. I mean, it's it, it, the dialogue is crazy, but the the structure is all there. It's just it's so poorly produced. At one point, a guy uh, uh, falls down what is supposed to be a snowbank, and you can clearly see that it is uh, like fake snow carpeting that plastic fake snow kind of stuff that <laughs> they use in window displays cover covering cardboard boxes. Yeah. And he falls on that <clears throat> as if it were a snowdrift. Uh, well, it's yeah, but okay. The- it's okay. Here's the, here's the thing. It's two kids Their Their mom, uh, is with them on the stairs as Santa comes down the chimney and it's a staged thing so they can enjoy Christmas. It's obviously their dad. And, so then the kids go to bed, and the younger brother's like, That was dad. And the older brother's like, Nuh that's Santa. You don't know what you're talking about. Kid goes back downstairs to reinvestigate and sees his dad, still dressed as Santa, going down on his mom. And that's what scars him <laughs> like, snap. Not I in a. I saw daddy eat. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I like about that is like, unlike the saw a Santa killer kill his family or whatever it is. That doesn't happen to anybody. It's kind of hard to connect with. With this, there is a subtle kind of, oh, I'm understanding sex and it's freaking me out. Kind of, you know, a child not getting it. You can can at least understand it a little better. And so when he grows up, he doesn't just go full psychotic. He loves the shit out of Christmas in a very unhealthy way. Yeah, uh, like
0: spying on the neighborhood children, and he's got like that's the giant binders, the best. naughty list and yeah. a good list that he like, keeps
3: a Whoa. who's naughty and who's nice list of the neighborhood kids. And <laughs> uh, it there is one thing that is really creepy, where it's like, okay, that that kid, he's not, he's no good. He he, I, I saw him reading a penthouse. You know, he's 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 the bad kid. That kid, yeah. he's a good kid. He took out the trash for his mom. Uh, little Jennifer, she's just darling he basically yeah, has so a crush on a child yeah it's like it's, well uh, he works in a toy factory and he is like always complaining that the toys are just shit and they really are they're just lumps of plastic the toys are shit we should be making joy uh why why doesn't anybody understand what christmas is really about everyone is like eh, why don't you grow the fuck up and so he finally puts on the Santa costume to deliver toys to the neighborhood kids. And that's when he has the realization he's actually Santa Claus. But he's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or is he? Is he? Anyway. Yeah. He goes out. He delivers some toys. He runs into some, some asshole people and kills them. Um, the kills are very, very amateurish, like very amateurish. Oh yeah. This person would have gotten a C in class for, you know, if they were assigned (laughs) doing a kill. Um, but the thing that, what, what makes it interesting is it's like the slasher part is completely secondary to the point. I don't really think it's a slasher film. It's just a crazy person. In fact, it's really the plot of Joker. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely the plot of Joker. And he goes, werewolf! And, no, you know, yeah,
0: it's that. It's literally structured like that, Which, to the point where I was going, did they just look at this movie when they made the yeah, Joker right. and this modeled it? Because, like, taxi drivers are the big influence that everybody noticed, but I'm like, holy shit, this is way yeah. more influential. Yeah. Oh. It's, a,
3: it's a crazy person who is ignored, and this is what yeah, happens. And, and, and that's what I love about this film, is that it's not... It's not so much, you know, he's evil, he's fucked up, but he's not like making the choice of evil. And I think that's also why near the end when the, the, I call them the villagers, but really it's It's literally like New York chasing him with torches and you go, huh? (laughs) Well, that's the scene from M when they're chasing Peter Lorre. Yeah. And he is a, you know, a, a, a child, child murderer, murderer. Yeah. and he, he has the elect. They're all the criminals of the town who come to get him. And he's like, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have, I didn't make myself this way. You people are fucking criminals because you want to be criminals. You know, <laughs> it's a really disturbing, powerful yeah. movie, but that's, you know, everybody in the film is their own kind of evil. Uh, but he's the one who actually kills people. Well,
0: I think my Uh, my favorite scene in this movie, literally, is after he snaps, and he's trying to crawl down the chimney to get into somebody's house, and he gets stuck. And there's that moment where he's like, oh shit, maybe this wasn't a good idea. And there's like, you think there's going to be that switch in clarity, (laughs) but nope. He just
3: like claws himself out of the chimney and then like breaks into the house to kill the people. It's like that two minutes is so ridiculous. I loved that. (laughs) And I wondered if that was the end of the movie. Am I going to get caught now? Is this this how it ends? You know, (laughs) I- I, I, yeah, there's so much to like in this movie. Like uh, when he's appearing in on a Christmas party and Victor Salamanca from Breaking Bad uh, uh, recognizes him and these two guys yank him in there and he doesn't want to go in because he's all he's used to are people treating him like shit for liking Christmas. So yeah. when they grab him, he's like, yo, leave me alone. And they bring him in like, hey everybody, it's Santa. And they all love him and they all have a great time and the children love him. And he's suddenly like, I'm home. It's this sweet, sad, <laughs> wonderful moment in this Until film, the end when he tells the.
2: It's, it's, it's not a Slasher
3: end. film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He tells the, the boys and girls, now remember, be good and always love Christmas. And I will bring you toys every year. But if you don't, you'll be a bad kid.
2: <laughs> and, and yeah, he starts <laughs> to turn. It's and everybody so gets
3: uncomfortable.
1: So, yeah. All of our movies have the same moral. Yeah. Which is love each other and enjoy the spirit of Christmas, or you're gonna fucking die, yeah, right like that's that's our that's our Christmas I, theme, yeah,
3: I still say, you know, the moral of this movie is you think we're just gonna take it like a bunch of good boys and we're not gonna go <laughs> werewolf and go wild yeah <laughs> uh,
0: well, I would say that uh I almost picked black Christmas as the other obvious one, but. The only thing Christmas related to that one for me is that it just, it's called Black Christmas and it's set around the time. So I didn't go with that, but it's a good one to check out because it's one of the first slasher films and there would be no Halloween by John Carpenter without Black Christmas, but it was yeah. also made by the guy who did Christmas Story and Porky's. So and it's, it's like got this a weird...
3: weird cast because it's a Canadian film. It's got yeah. uh, Catherine O'Hara, not Catherine. O'Hara. No, um, the other one. Andrea,
0: Andrea Martin shows up. Andrea out.
3: Martin and Lois Lane is in it. Margot Kidder. Margot uh, Kidder.
0: Jo- John Saxon. Yeah. Uh, Keir Duglia from 2001. If only uh,
3: Cameron Mitchell was in this, it would be the perfect <laughs> day film. Yeah.
0: But it's basically the killer sneaks into the sorority house, uh, around Christmas time and then starts knocking them off one by one. But he's also making the calls from inside the house, which is one of the first movies to do this. Uh, and it's just, a, it's so fucked up, but there's literally nothing Christmas related about it, except that it's set at Christmas. So I don't count it, but, yeah, uh, you should watch it if you ever want to see something just really creepy and fucked up.
3: Or if you're a fan of indie Canadian films. Yeah.
0: It definitely has an early, uh, horror, like seven, what's his name? The guy that did the fly Cronenberg. It's got a very Cronenberg vibe. Yeah. It's uh, a
3: film of my adopted country. <laughs>
0: uh, and then I will uh, just f- finish up with my my main runner-up. The What the Fuck Award goes to one I found uh, starring Gary Busey, called The Ginger Dead Man, which is basically he's a psychopathic uh, <laughs> robber who kills some people, and then they catch him, and he gets electrocuted, and then basically his mother apparently is a witch who puts his ashes into some (laughs) gingerbread spice and sends it to the girl who's (laughs) running the bakery whose whose family got killed by him at the beginning, and she bakes him into a gingerbread man cookie that comes alive, and then he goes on a murder spree. It's like child's play, but with a gingerbread man. I
1: I have had on our list of potential shows Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong uh, for like the whole run of this show, and we haven't watched it yet, but maybe okay. we're gonna have to get there. We, we might have to because that <laughs> so, should all
3: be part of the Chucky cinematic universe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> good lord.
0: Uh, so yeah, I I really got nothing else to add. I mean, it's just there's always this weird moral to them these Christmas horror movies. But bottom line, it's just they they play on the fact that nobody enjoys being around people. That is their family or otherwise at Christmas
3: at, at the end of the day. It's just like and an inherent guilt that we don't feel as joyous as Christmas as people keep demanding we feel. Yeah. Like uh. when we were kids, we felt it because we were kids. You know what kids don't have? Credit problems. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh. So,
0: I don't All know. All right. It, so I got a it? lump of coal. Yeah, I got a lump of coal in my stocking this That's-
1: year. That's our Christmas episode, everybody. We've done another one. Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, we he didn't hours. talk
3: about we didn't talk about the whole time we didn't talk about except for me saying right now that we didn't talk about it, that fucking Star Wars special, which everyone goddamn talks about every fucking year.
1: I already have an old it.
3: episode you can go check
1: out about the Star Wars yeah, Holiday yeah, Special. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So if you go to our website, maghuge.com, you can find all of our old episodes, M A G H U G E.com, and you can find that episode. Or if you subscribe to the podcast, you can scroll down and find it. Or, you know, while you're at it, why don't you give us a five star rating because maybe we'll get another listener or two. Share it on your social feeds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Check us out on Twitter. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, It's the end of the show. Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Yeah, get stuffed.